Hey guys, I'm Court. And I'm Kate. And you're listening to another episode of The The Castle Chat. Chat. Hey friends, and welcome to our 11-part series on Epcot's World Showcase. Each week, we will dive into the history, details, and fun facts of a World Showcase pavilion. Join us this week as we continue into China. Want to experience more magic with us outside of this episode? Be sure to follow us on all socials at The Castle Chat. If you love what you hear, please leave us a rating or review on Apple or Spotify so we can continue to build this community. Are you ready to jump into the episode? Let's chat about it. time want to start with how you say hello in the language of the country that we are talking about i think ni hao is chinese but i could be totally wrong so um i'm gonna guess ni hao it is ni hao i just looked it up excellent okay well ni hao everyone welcome to another episode of where in the world showcase and today we are diving into all that is the china pavilion okay well i have to go back and add what hello is in norwegian because we didn't do that either and i have google translate so i'm just gonna hit play hold on i wonder excellent i wonder if this will come through the mic Oh, it's Halu. 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 Ni hao. Hello. Oh, wait. No, no, no. We didn't say hola. I said bienvenidos, which is welcome. But hola. Halu. Halu. Ni hao. Okay, we're going to get all the way around World Showcase and make sure that we can say hello in all the different languages. By the time we get to the 11th episode, it's going to be hilarious. Yeah, well, it's great, too, because we're also going to have America um, and Canada. So we're going to have a repeat. Hey, y'all. That's right. That's going to be the America Pavilion. Specifically the South. What's up? <laughs> What's up? We're in America. No, we are in China today. And yes. we, if you're just now tuning in to this series, then hello, welcome um, you need to go back and listen to Mexico and Norway before starting this one because they all just seamlessly flow into one another and we've got to start from the start. So pause this episode, go back, listen to the first two. If you've already listened to the first two and you're here, ni hao. We are so glad that you're here and uh, we're really excited to talk about China today. It is the third pavilion in the World Showcase and it is a very beautiful pavilion. I will say like aesthetically like the actual like if you're just staring at the pavilion you're like wow this is beautiful this is the first one that's vibrant I feel like vibrant. Mexico and Norway there are some pops of red in Norway there is some color in Norway there's a little bit of blue um, but for the most part like as you're just walking by there is a lot of neutral tones and then you hit China and it is colorful and it we is, love that it is turning red it is just red get it uh, <laughs> cute right turning red yes um we got some reds and blues and golds that um just really draw you into this pavilion and as much as we've loved talking about mexico and norway spoiler alert there's not a lot going on in china 
Um, this pavilion is, uh, it's, it's beautiful, and that's about it. That's what I got to say about it. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's big. There's a lot to wander back and explore, yet there's really nothing there. So, um, I think that a lot of people probably just walk by this one. Um, I'm going to go ahead and raise my hand and say that I am one of those people. I like will linger in Mexico. I will like stop by Norway. I mean, like I've said before, I've got my chips and queso and my uh, margarita. I've met Elsa and Anna in Norway. And then I'm literally beelining through China. Like I don't think I've ever for uh, stopped in China for more than five minutes. If that. That's funny. I mean, I've definitely, if you've listened to the podcast and you know me, you know that I am a sucker for the scavenger hunts that happen for the festivals. So I have explored lots of China. I've walked through this pavilion and seen all that there really is to see doing a lot of these scavenger hunts, looking for certain things, um, whether it's an Olaf or a chalk character, a figment, um, whatever else they throw out, a Remy. Um, And so I have definitely seen what there is to see here. And like I said, there's just not a lot. No, there's not. Um, There are some pretty good food options, I would say, in this pavilion, but the most... Uh, I guess outstanding part of this pavilion is the large center structure, which I can't remember the name of what it's called, but it is, I mean, you can't miss it. It's beautiful and it does, isn't it the building that houses the the 360 Circle Vision show? Correct. It is meant to um, be a replica of the Temple of Heaven, I believe it's called. Um, the Hall of Prayer. Wait, no, 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 no. Just kidding. Keep going. It is okay. It says the the three tiered circular Hall of Prayer for Good Harvest is a one half scale reproduction of its counterpart inside the Temple of Heaven complex near Beijing. Okay, that so, was a long winded answer to what you just said. Yes. So, um, it is, uh. Which is crazy. I mean, it's a pretty big building, and it's half the scale of its true representation in China. Um, But I have seen photos of friends or people that I know who've traveled to China, and this structure, this building, um, the Temple of Heaven or the Hall of Prayer, is in their photos. And so um, this is a real place that you can visit but um, we have a smaller version of it in Walt Disney World. I love these details that they are taking real life representation um, from these countries and throwing it into the pavilions. There are some pretty fun facts about this building and um, Disney's construction of it. Do you have um, any thoughts or um, notes on that, Courtney? So what? Uh- Something that I think is really cool about this building is that there are 12 outer columns that support the roof of this building, and they represent the 12 months of the year and the 12-year cycle of the Chinese calendar. So there's definitely some cultural um, significance there. And then closer to the center of the room, there are these four columns that represent the four seasons that you experience in the year. And then these columns, which support a 
beam that represents earth which is then topped by a round beam which signifies heaven so the building itself represents so much more than what it actually is um it's very time oriented and also represents not only just the calendar but earth and heaven itself so it has a spiritual connection as well i love that i feel like that is very i mean obviously i'm sure that that is how um the Chinese construction of their version was inspired, but to make sure that that um, cultural detail is included here in Disney, I think is really neat. And just to know those, the, the amount of um, intention behind each of the structures, when you're looking at this building, it's more than just this really cool, different looking structure it has so much meaning behind even the columns and the things holding it up um, yeah which is i think very um chinese too i feel like they are very intentional about a lot of the things that they include in their lives well there are they are very intentional about their calendar as well obviously we know like the lunar new year and that kind of stuff so I think that them building this in that particular way makes so much sense for Chinese culture. Yeah, another um, really fun detail and um, intricate aspect of Disney's construction of this replica is that the tile work on the actual building in, in China is so incredibly detailed that the way that Imagineers had to go in and try to replicate this was by screen printing hundreds of exact replicas of these tiles so that every single bit of this building was as accurate as possible. I can only imagine the time and effort that it took for them to screen print each and every tile to make it an exact replica. And the fact that they were like, no, we can't just build it this way, like a certain way. We have to actually like go deeper than that and figure this out because we want it to be exact. And when someone looks at it, they we want them to think China. So, um, I don't know. I just, it also like in all these pavilions, it just goes to show the depth that Disney is willing to go to provide an authentic experience for their guests. Absolutely. I um, think that with this particular pavilion, I'm sure that there are a lot of Asian guests coming to Walt Disney World because there is Disney representation in China, specifically between Shanghai and Hong Kong. Um, And so to have this. Um, representation be actually honoring some of their culture um, I think is probably pretty important but it's also a reason why it's shocking to me that there's not more going on in this pavilion well I mean like you said there's you know multiple theme parks in Asia (laughs) that are Disney so I'm like you have multiple theme parks for your continent and yet you have we have Japan and we have China as two different pavilions in Epcot and uh, I think Japan's a little more exciting than China is in the pavilion sense but I don't know I, I want so much more from this pavilion and it just it's not giving it for me like I can't like I I don't feel bad skipping this pavilion often because I'm like well what is there really for me to do I guess I can go get some orange chicken but like 
oftentimes when it comes to food in Epcot, I'm so focused on whatever festival booths there are. And there's so many food options in general in Epcot that like my thought isn't to go get orange chicken. Like I can go get that from my, you know, local takeout. So it's hard for me to want to like spend time there. Um, but it make it does make me want to go to the parks in Asia because I'm like, well, I mean, obviously they value these countries so much that they built multiple theme parks. So I want to see what it's like there and experience Chinese culture in that way versus experiencing it, obviously, in Epcot. Yeah. When um, you go inside this circular building, the Temple of Heaven representation, there are actually... Um, little models of Shanghai, I believe. I don't remember if there are any for Hong Kong, but there is a Shanghai model and map that you can go in and look at. And, you know, as much as I would think that Disney would want people to be exploring all of their theme parks worldwide, I would wish or expect them to put this a little bit more on display than it is I don't know that a lot of people know that it's there um but it's really neat to go in and see the the map and model for Shanghai Shanghai didn't open that long ago the Disneyland Shanghai and so um it is something new and exciting and there's a lot of fresh and new things there to see and experience so I'm surprised like I said that there's not more going on here to draw people to their Asian parks no I I 100% agree with you now they do have a attraction of sort in this pavilion it was originally called the reflections of China which is a circle vision 360 movie Um, it debuted in May 2003 and actually ended in 2019 it was then replaced in 2020 and is now wondrous China have you ever seen this 360 circle vision show I haven't I haven't either I have not I in my mind I'm like did I see it but I think that what I have in my brain is actually from another pavilion in the world showcase that I yes there is another 360 vision um and so this is not one that I've seen anytime I've gone in there there's no one waiting for it it's not something that I think is a hot topic or um thing that is on people's lists so this is potentially wasted space that could be used in a more exciting manner maybe Um, for something else that we'll talk about later yeah so um i mean for this to be the only quote-unquote attraction in this area of the park um it's again something that people probably just walk by agreed i it's so hard talking about like it's all the pavilions are great and i think epcot has done a great job with them there are just some like china that i feel like they could have done a little more with honestly and um going back to what i was saying earlier about like the beauty of the pavilion something else that i think really stand that really stands out to me about this area is the landscaping that they have throughout this area it is you know it's supposed to reflect this kind of like loosely structured gardening style that you see throughout china there's no like real 
feeling of being inside or outside of the garden. It all flows seamlessly. And so when Disney was designing these areas, they wanted to keep it alongside that very loosely structured landscape. And so I think they do a very good job of that. It is very beautiful um, and it's very, I guess, peaceful and quiet the way that you look at the, the landscaping of the area. For sure. There's a, I mean, there's a lot going on that is inspired from specific places in China itself. Um, the big archway that you walk under when you are entering the China Pavilion period, but also these gardens, is um, called the Holy Land Archway. There is certainly a Chinese name for it, but in English, the Holy Land Archway um, that leads to the Summer Palace. Um which is an imperial garden palace in Beijing um, is like what you're greeted with. And so there's obviously details there, but all of the tiny things like the selection of grass and how the grass grows and the koi ponds and things like that, that um, Disney puts in here are all very specific to Chinese culture and Chinese gardens. Um, is there any other details i know that um shanghai is probably a big pull it's obviously a very large city um but i know that in my reading for where certain areas are meant to be represented there is a place called the yu garden in shanghai that they used as inspiration um for for all the areas that they have around so there is a tree called the weeping mulberry, which is a tree that resembles something you would find in China, but it's actually over, the one that's there is over a hundred years old. It was actually found in New Jersey. Ooh. So, Joycey. so they brought the Joycey tree to the China pavilion and it's over a hundred years old. So the next time you're in that pavilion, stop and take a look at the weeping mulberry. Oh, the weeping mulberry. See, I mean, even stuff like that where, like, I don't even know what I'm looking for. But now that no. I know that there is... I just Google weeping mulberry and be <laughs> like, oh, okay, this is it. Cool. There it is. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's... I know that there are plenty of small details that are so easy to overlook. I know um, a lot of the stonework and there are artificial, artificial rock formations that are again specific to Chinese culture and gardens um, which are so big in the country of China um, that it is hard to not be like oh yeah certainly this is very Chinese um, but there's details beyond details beyond details that people just walk right by that you wouldn't know. I would say the best way to describe a weeping mulberry based off of my Google search is imagine like a weeping willow tree, but instead of it being those like wispy strands, it's like ivy strands, like strands oh. and strands of ivy. So it's very, very green and full like a bush, but weeps kind of like a weeping willow. Oh, So that's kind of the best descriptor that I have for it based off of my Google search. Thank you, Google. Thank you, Google. We appreciate that. <laughs> okay, so that's kind of, you know, we've talked about the circle vision. Um, we've talked about the architecture and the gardens and what you can see there. Let's transition and talk about what can you eat and drink in this pavilion? Well, we've got a few options. The quick service is one that I have eaten at, and that is the Lotus Blossom Cafe. 
traditional, like if you order Chinese from your local Chinese restaurant, that is what you will find here. Got honey chicken, orange chicken, Mongolian beef, all of that. It's pretty good. I, for a quick service meal, if you want something a little different, I know you can get yakinetti in Animal Kingdom that kind of has similar cuisine, but um, for Chinese food, this is really good. I enjoyed it. I don't know why um, in my brain this just clicked for me, but <laughs> this sounds so silly. I just realized like Animal Kingdom has an Asia section. That's like the yeah. whole part of Animal Kingdom. I mean, I knew that before, but now I'm like, oh, that's technically like another pavilion. Yeah. Just like, you know, Africa. If they, if there was the African pavilion right. in Epcot, you would also see that representation in Animal Kingdom. I just didn't like even connect the dots there for a second until this very moment. Yeah, I think a lot of what you see in Animal Kingdom are um, Indian inspired versus chinese inspired there are different parts of asia that are meant to be represented so they do try to spread um the cultural representation among some different places india is one of those that like i feel like in world showcase there's so much you could do with that oh my goodness i mean it would i think it would do so well i mean people people, love indian food yeah and there's a lot of Disney um, IP that has come from Indian influence so um, because there is representation in Animal Kingdom I think that that's good but could we still get an India pavilion I think it would be a hit I think so too honestly I hope Disney is listening to these episodes because we've got some great ideas yeah well outside of the quick service the lotus blossom cafe there is also a table service which is nine dragons and again lunch and dinner chinese cuisine you can look up the menus but it is going to be your traditional chinese food um maybe imagine like going to pf chang's i don't know i've never eaten at um nine dragons but that's what i imagine dragons sponsored by pf chang's that's kind of what i imagine if i went to eat there like what my experience would be that's my only like comparison i would make because i can't think of off the top of my head like even here in our local town like where i would go yeah it's like a nice sit down Chinese restaurant. Um, I don't know that it is the most popular in Epcot. I feel like there are always reservations available. My family is very big and anytime I've been like, hmm, I wonder what last minute reservations I could get. Nine Dragons is usually (laughs) one of them. Um, We've never actually gone and eaten there. And our last um, food or drink place that you could check out in China is not actually in the pavilion. Like if you go under the archway it's on the other side as you are walking around world showcase what's that court that is called the joy of tea so i guess now that you just mentioned that this pavilion would technically count as one of the pavilions that has something on either side of the walkway this one's more of like a kiosk though i believe so i don't think it really counts like it does with with the uk pavilion as well as the mexico pavilion uh, because some of these pavilions do have freestanding booths that are either part of festivals or are part of the pavilion as a whole so Let's say this doesn't count as a double-sided pavilion. It's not something... There isn't anything that you could go in or sit down at. No. It's just a walk-up tea stand. I think they have boba. 
Um, there is a drink here that is another one of those like Epcot famous things. If you are trying to check off a list of popular things around World Showcase, they have a drink called the Tipsy Ducks in Love. Oh. And it is like a coffee alcohol concoction of sorts, I believe. Kind of like we talked about the Viking coffee. Um, But this one is really popular. A lot of people include this on their Drink Around the World tour. And um, this Joy of Tea location is where you could find that particular beverage. Interesting. So there's a few food and drink options for you here in China. And that's pretty much it. Unless you're like super hyped up about watching, watching Wondrous China, then like go for it. I'm supporting you all the way. Um, One last thing you can do in this pavilion is you can go shopping at the House of Good Fortune, which is a very large merchandise shop. It's so large. It is very large. Um, There's lots of cool things that you can purchase in there um, that are specifically supposed to represent Chinese culture. I believe they also have some like Chinese snacks and like candies Mm -hmm. and different stuff like that. It's kind of similar to the gift shop that you see in Japan, which I know a lot of merchandise from those countries are very enticing to Americans. And so I think they played that up really well with the like the largeness of this store. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I have been back in the store to look for things for a scavenger hunt. Spoiler alert, they're usually not in the store. Um, But, I mean, it's massive. It takes you basically from where the quick service ends all the way around to where the um, Circle Vision building is. And (laughs) there's countless stuff that you could get lost looking at in there that's really fun. They've got kimonos. They've got samurai swords. They've got pottery they've got dragons and i mean the the list could go on so there's a ton of stuff in there that you can find um this is like a little side story but something that i thought would be a fun thing for anyone but for me to do um would be to go to a lot of these gift shops around world showcase and buy like a piece of pottery or a plate or something consistent through each of them because they do have shops that have things that are very culturally specific to a style that is from the country that you are visiting the pavilion that you're visiting and there is so much of the like beautiful Chinese patterning on some like ceramic plates or pots in this store that have always caught my attention so it's worth a a meander it's worth a walkthrough just to check it out but I mean Unfortunately, we've kind of made it to the end of our list of things to talk about. Yeah, like I said, I just wish there was a little more to do in this pavilion, which leads us into our conversation about what would we add? I will say one thing, the one last thing I'll add, and I don't know that they've come back yet, but they did have like acrobat performers at one point. I think I remember this. Yeah, they were really great. They were wonderful. They did all sorts of really crazy, like, stacking person on top of person stunts and um, almost, like, dance performance. Um, I don't know that they've been back since the pandemic, but maybe, maybe they are or they will be once upon a time. But that was something that was, like, culturally an attraction I guess you would call it or a show um but it's no longer there it's because we haven't signed our contracts yet to come (sighs) to to be the acrobats because 
yeah, we're, we're acrobats. They needed us to stand on top of each other's shoulders. Yeah, exactly. That's Perfect. That's why it hasn't come back yet. Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, so. I'm waiting on the contract, Disney. Here we go. So, okay. What would you add to this pavilion to to make it better? Because we know it needs something. Okay. Well, I think there's an obvious one that could be added here to gain a lot of traction but I'm gonna go kind of left field and I think in the circle vision um area either a we have like a really cool tour of Shanghai Disneyland so that I can like see all what's there and maybe people would see it and think that you know, like, oh my gosh, I have to go to Shanghai Disneyland or Hong Kong, or maybe it alternates between the two. I feel like this is a great space for Disney to advertise for its other parks and get people excited to travel and go. But my other option is to do a four town um, concert series oh my gosh, of sorts. That's so fun. That is from Turning Red. And I know that Turning Red and, like, Four Town specifically isn't Chinese, so maybe that's not the best route to go, but I feel like it would be a hit. I think it would be such a hit with it being a newer movie, and I think it would just bring in some crowds, honestly. I think it'd be fun. Who wouldn't love a Four Town sing-along, like, concert? Yeah. I mean, even, even if that, it's even just on a screen. Vision, you know, you never yeah. know be immersive be in the experience yourself so that's a that's a pretty cool idea yeah so that's my idea how about you okay I was literally thinking this as we were talking because at first I was like oh Mulan needs more representation I think this is a perfect opportunity to do that that's the obvious choice here but then I was like but what what would that representation be and I want there to be like an actual like Mulan attraction ride or something of sorts and that's what I haven't quite figured out but what I did figure out in my brain was if there was a like I'll make a man out of you play area which is kind of like like a ninja course for kids where it's like you're training like Mulan did (gasps) a camp you know like a camp Oh, that'd be Wouldn't cool. that be fun for kids to have that type of like play area that resembles some of the things from the movie? I know it's not an attraction, but I think it would, again, be a little bit kid-friendly. I know Disney kind of strays away now from the play areas because of liability and injuries, but I think this would be like a really cool way to incorporate Mulan into this pavilion without doing anything super massive or having to pour a lot of money into it. For sure. That or like we could have a Mushu and Cricky take you through um, training camp. Like yeah. it's like led by some other characters that are kid friendly. I think that'd be really fun and interactive. Or ooh, ping, uh, <laughs> ping. light bulb in my head. How they used to do the Star Wars Jedi training. Oh yeah, yeah. In um, Hollywood Studios. You could have something that's a little more structured that prevents kiddos from getting hurt where you have people come out and teach you how to be a warrior and you sign your kid up. They get to wear like the robe. They get a stick. Yeah. Oh, that would be so fun. That would be super fun. I like that. I like the play area idea. I mainly thought of the play idea era because I feel like now, like ninja courses of sort, like any type of like training camp style play area is so massive that I feel like 
how could you incorporate that in Disney somehow? I feel like Mulan is a really good fit for that. And it works well with the pavilion. And it, I mean, it definitely takes away some of the peaceful aspect of the China pavilion. But because <laughs> it'd be screaming kids everywhere. But I think it's cool and it's different. And it would definitely spice up the pavilion and get more people to actually hang out a little bit longer there. Because right now it's very much a like, oh, we can keep walking unless we're hungry. Here's the thing, too. In Epcot, they used to have the Epcot Kidcot stops. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm pretty sure they're still there in some capacity. But honestly, I would also love a place where I could sign myself up or a kid up for like some sort of arts and crafts that is related to that culture but maybe also a Disney character. So you could have like a turning red or a Mulan um, type of thing where you come in and you do some type of artwork that is led by somebody from China or an artist from China um, to be able to just have something in some of these pavilions that seemingly have no activities. Um, So, you know, that's it for a small thing that all the pavilions could do just throw that in there too well you know on disney cruise line how they have the the kids clubs where you yeah. can drop your kids off what if there was like and in, in, in disney world you have like the tours that you can pay for what if you could just pay to just like drop your kids off and they would get like a world showcase culture learning experience where it's a certain amount of hours you can go off and drink around the world or do what you want and your kids can go learn something in every country or do a craft or something and you just pay a premium to be like here, take my children um, and go teach them some things about the world. Uh, this is Courtney and I's new business. Thank you. Yeah. It's copyrighted, TM, whatever you say. Um, we will be taking plenty of children on field trips around World Showcase. That is what we do for a living now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, just pay us and we will educate your children about yeah. the world. Yeah, we obviously know how to say hello in these different languages, so we'll start there. Yeah, and then we're also, like, in between our acrobatic routines, we will do the the history tours with the kids. And they'll get to try different foods. They can have a taco, some school bread, um, boba tea, and they'll be so culturally educated. You will have your mind blown. And it comes with a free t-shirt. Why not? (sighs) Amazing. (laughs) Why not? Amazing. I mean, I think our blue sky is really just meeting maximum potential right now we have so much to accomplish with the walt disney world company and they just need to start calling us for these things absolutely what are they waiting for i don't know well gosh we have finished our time in china where are we heading next um if you haven't been around world showcase there is this little blip that we walk through called the outpost that comes next however this is not a a technical pavilion. Would you call it a pavilion? No, it's it's a pavilion waiting to become a real pavilion, right? Like, that's what I say. I'm like, I feel like in the future, this is going to go away and this is going to turn into another country. I hope so. So technically, this is for your educational purposes. Once you leave China, you walk through the outpost, which does have like an African-inspired look to it there are some things that you can do through there but for the sake of this series we are moving straight through to the country of germany germany which is there's a lot going on in this pavilion so we're really excited about the next episode is there anything else you would like to add about china 
No, just that I feel like there's so much potential here that is not being met. And I don't know if that's because they have so much going on in the Asian parks that they don't need to have a bunch of people, you know, exploring China or maybe the country of China doesn't need to invest here as much. And so Disney doesn't invest here as much. I don't know what the relationship is. Um, I do know that the Chinese pavilion probably came before at least Disneyland Shanghai. So, you know, the inspiration there, um, I'm sure, was part of the overall relationship with the country of China. Maybe one day we'll, we'll go into the international parks once we leave World Showcase. But um, I just feel like there's so much more that could be done here. There definitely is, and we've given our ideas, and if you guys have any ideas on how to expand this pavilion and make it a little bit more, then let us know, but we got to end with our rating. What would you rate this pavilion on a scale of 1 to 10, incorporating, you know, food, theming, all the things we've talked about? I am going to give China a 5. Ooh, that's, that's generous. I was going to give it a 3. The food is decent, I mean, for the quick service... They do have the food aspect, and I think it's beautiful. I think visually it's stunning. It is. I was giving the three solely for the beauty alone. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, my initial instinct was four, but then I was like, man, the details of these buildings, they really are stunning compared to a lot of the other architecture around World Showcase. So, boosted it up to a five, but... I don't know. I mean, it might be lowest rated on my World Showcase list. I think it is my also lowest rated. I'm not... I might have another pavilion that is in line with this one for me, but I don't know. It it needs more, and the food, although there is, you know, it's good food. It's food I can, like... It's not unique. True. um, Because I can get Chinese takeout. Like, I know, obviously, it's supposed to be more authentic because it's supposed to be a representation of the country but i don't know i think that it's it's beautiful but it needs more so that's my rating before we head over into germany If you guys are wanting to see these World Showcase pavilions in person or visit the countries that they are inspired by, you can certainly start planning your perfect Disney vacation with us at the Castle Chat through Magic by Kate. We have been able to create our own travel advisor business through Kelly's Magical Vacations, now KMV Travel, and we would love to be able to help you, our listeners, create your perfect Disney adventure. For more information or to start planning, you can go to the link in our bio or find the Magic by Kate page on Instagram. Well, guys, thanks so much for spending time with us today on this episode of the Castle Chat. For now, we'll leave you with what we always leave you with, which is there's a great big beautiful tomorrow out there waiting for you. Go make it magical. See you real soon. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.